Alright, what up, what up, hello, welcome back, episode 15 of the Project 6 podcast. We're here. Uh, To say it was a big week would be a gigantic understatement. There's a lot to get to. So, thankfully there weren't a whole lot of small little news items. The only thing I'll include in here, I did finish Demon's Souls this week, uh, right when I wanted to. And I don't really have anything else to add than what I've already said. Right, it's an okay game. Uh, without nostalgia, it's really kind of whatever. Uh, and then Halo Infinite was officially delayed to fall 2021, which is not a surprise if anyone, you know, has been paying attention. That game is clearly a dumpster fire. There was no chance it was coming out any earlier than next fall. Anyway, uh, let's just get right into the game awards because there's there's a whole lot to go through this week. Uh, we're gonna do the game awards. We're going to do Cyberpunk, we're going to do Star Wars, we're going to do Marvel, and then I'm going to tack on a little thing about the Jets that I want to talk to talk about because uh, it was aggravating me last week. Anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, so the Game Awards. First thing, um, so I, I'm not going to go through all the awards, but Game of the Year went to The Last of Us 2. Um, I don't think I've really said my thoughts on The Last of Us 2 on here. Because I, I didn't start doing this podcast till September. Obviously, The Last of Us 2 came out before that. Um, my big issue with The Last of Us 2, and, and this is why, for me, it's not Game of the Year. Um, I, I don't... I have a very real problem with the narrative. And, you know, it's a narrative-based game. If I don't like the narrative, I'm docking an extra points for that. Uh, obviously, it's a technical masterpiece. Naughty Dog's better than everybody on the technical side. So visually, the game was fantastic, and the game, everything about the game was good except the story, in my opinion. Um, I have a very real problem with, so, and I feel like people, people take everything to the extreme, and they don't want to listen to the other side of it, but they, they open the game, right, so you, you're playing the game for what, not even an hour, and Abby, this, this character that you know nothing about could just be generic character A. It just the first thing you see from her is just this vile, evil, brutal murder of a character you love. And that's it. And then you play this whole vengeance tour chasing her down. And then you get to the climax of that vengeance tour and the game's like, alright, let's dial it all the way back. We're going to cut all the tension out here, and now we're going to retroactively make you feel sympathetic to this character who you despise at this point. And it's just, it's so, it's so just contrived and forced, and I hate it, right? You're playing as Abby for like 10 minutes, and, and what do they immediately make you do? They make her pet a dog. Like, could you, you couldn't be more generic with the try to wait with the way you try to make people sympathize with the character. Right? And it's just, the game tries to force you into liking a character that you don't really like. And I just, I don't like it. Right? I, the actual story beats are fine. Like, I I get it. I The story could make sense. But if you, if you did the first act of the game, right? This is how I've always looked at it. You do the first act of the game. Joel and Ellie are dealing with the fallout of the first game still. 
you're getting to see that relationship more while you're also bouncing back and forth with Abby and you're learning at who Abby is and what she's about and how she feels and what her situation is and who she's traveling with and you know you're sort of learning this new character and then they come together in that ski lodge then you you know you're a little conflicted and even they could have even just scrapped the Joel and Ellie stuff and kept it as all flashbacks if all of act 1 was just Abby right and you're playing as Abby and you're learning wow you know she's she's after someone who murdered her father and this this evil person who killed all these people and then you get to the ski lodge and find out that it was Joel right like you you have to introduce people to Abby and have them understand who Abby is before you do something like that cuz then the player sits there and goes wow you know I started to I'm starting to like this character Abby and now I find out that she's in direct opposition with Joel and Ellie right like it's just I I despise the way that that was handled at the beginning of the game and and it sets the tone for the whole game and that that's my issue with the narrative and and Abby's side of the story don't even put it in there just cut all of that out and just add to the beginning. And then if you really want to do that story for Abby, then do, release it later on as DLC. I'll pay you 10, 15 bucks to play through another chunk of story like that if you do it right in the main game. And, and that that's my my issue with the narrative in The Last of Us 2. And I and I don't feel like people are shocker because this is how people are with everything people just aren't fair when it comes to criticism to something they like right and and obviously the biggest thing that i go back to on this is the last jedi because it was the same way with fans in star wars you have some people who just loved it said it was the greatest star wars movie ever and that you know you're you're just hating on it for whatever reason and, uh, you know, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans and blah, blah. Like, no. Like, stop doing that. Just sit. You like it. That's fine. I'm glad that you like it. But but you have to listen to the other side. Don't just sit there and get your pitchfork out and get your back up. Because, honestly, like, the toxicity that surrounds this game now because of this issue is just stupid. Right? Because you have some people who don't like it. And they take it too far too and act like the game's a piece of garbage and it's not garbage. It's just, can we have a little nuance here? Whatever. Anyway, that that's the general summation of my thing with The Last of Us. There's obviously more to it. Uh, and, and you could go on about that game for, for a while. And I'm not going to do that because we have a lot to get to. Um, but yeah, so... The Last of Us One Game of the Year. Honestly, at this point, I'm a little torn on what my Game of the Year is, to be honest. Right? I've been so hard Ghost of Tsushima all year. And, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm starting to sway. And now I'm split between Ghost of Tsushima and Hades. I don't know. Come find me in a couple weeks. The last uh, last episode of the year, I'll, I'll rank probably my top five games of the year and do that whole thing. <clears throat> So we'll see. Um, announcements at the Game Awards. So I thought for sure we were getting Sora in Super Smash Brothers, and we didn't. We got Sephiroth, another anime sword fighter. I Now, on the one hand, I don't understand the obsession with putting these sword fighters in Smash Brothers. 
Like, Sora kind of has a sword. It's not a sword, but kind of. Like, I don't know. And Final Fantasy, like, can we get some unique stuff in there? I don't know. But, I mean, I'm not even playing Smash regularly. If a really cool character gets introduced, I'll end up playing it. But as as it stands, Sephiroth as a character, super hype. As soon as One-Winged Angel started playing in the trailer, I laughed. I was like, there's no fucking way that Sephiroth made it into Smash. But, anyway, that was... That was pretty hype, just because it was Sephiroth. Um, Perfect Dark is coming back on Xbox. Uh, I've never played Perfect Dark, but game's super hyped. I know a lot of people like it, have been excited for it to come back. Uh, My friend actually had Perfect Dark. We might have played, like, split screen or something at one point. I don't remember. Uh, What else do we have? Back for Blood, which is Left 4 Dead 3, but they're calling it Back for Blood instead of Left 4 Dead 3. Um, whatever. I mean, that's cool. Left 4 Dead's a really fun game. I haven't played it in a long time. But it's a super fun game. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, Century Age of Ashes was one of the games they showed off that was kind of cool. It, uh... It... it I don't know, like, this to me feels like, sort of like, World of Tanksy, right? So, if if you don't, if the name's not ringing a bell, or you didn't see the trailer, it's basically multiplayer flying around on dragons fighting each other. Super cool concept. But I feel like it's one of those games that you'll, you might play a couple of times, maybe you get in the beta and play it a couple times, have a good, good day or two with it, and then you're like, alright, it was neat, but it's, you know, sort of flavor of the month. It's hot for a week. I'll play it while it's active and then stop. But it looked super cool. Keep an eye out for it. Crimson Desert. I gotta be honest. I don't even know what this game is. It just looked really fucking cool. It was an open world action adventure game. That looked really pretty. <laughs> um, Looked like it had sort of vicious combat. Like it, it looked really cool. Don't really know what it is or anything about it. And it had a dragon. So I don't know. It looked cool. Something to keep an eye out for. Uh, I don't know if they... Did they give a... Uh, let, me, let me look here. Did they give a release date for it at all? Uh, looks like it just 2021. <clears throat> Winter 2021. So a year away. We'll keep an eye out for it. Um... Look cool. The Dragon Age trailer. Um, again, I touched on Dragon Age last episode. So the good news: this wasn't one of these developer diary- diaries where they're just talking about how great the game is and they're getting back to Dragon Age's basics or whatever. Um, this was a cinematic cutscene that was voiced over by Varric. So, I guess that means Varric's going to be back. And, you know, Solus was in the trailer. Because Solus is the Dreadwolf. Um, I don't think I played the DLC for Inquisition. I- I'm definitely missing something here <laughs> with Dragon Age. But, um... Here's the issue with the trailer. These 
Bioware is just not showing enough. This game got announced how many years ago now? Like, you're not showing me anything about... Like, it's just it was just a generic cutscene that didn't really show anything. And, and it's just... It goes back to all these issues at Bioware with management and leadership and whatever. And it's just like... What, like, what is going on with that game? How how far away is that game? Because nobody has any idea. And and it's just, until we get, like, real definitive gameplay footage, it's like, I, I almost wonder if this game will just never come out. Right? It's, it's sort of in that category for me right now. But... I don't know. I, I love Dragon Age. I'm really excited for Dragon Age 4, but I, I need to see more. Like you got you've gotta show me something soon. And in pretty much the same boat, I would say is Mass Effect, which had the biggest surprise of the night with the release of a new trailer. Uh <laughs> nobody saw that coming. Right? I'll tell you, it's one of these things with Mass Effect. You give me a Mass Effect trailer like that that I don't see coming, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. It doesn't matter what kind of shape Bioware's in; it, it's just something about that series that I just I fucking love it, and it, it gets me hyped every time, and it gets me excited, and it makes me happy. I love Mass Effect, so it's you know the trailer opens up, you're panning through space. It, in a lot of ways, it was similar to. Right, the Andromeda announcement trailer, right, where they show you someone flicking through maps on a spaceship and they fly through space to the planet, and you're looking at it and it's like, oh, that armor looks like Mass Effect. Is this Mass Effect? And then he, the guy turns around, he takes out his pistol. You can tell it's Mass Effect. He's walking towards the screen, and then the light shines on the N7 on his armor, and I, oh. Six to midnight. That got me fucking hyped. And then, you know, this 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 trailer was the same thing, right? You're, you're going through space, and it's like, what the hell is this? At first, I thought it was Starfield, Bethesda's new RPG. Like, the trailer's playing out, and I'm like, wow, is this Starfield? And then all of a sudden, the camera starts flying through rubble in space. And, you know, I'm watching, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then all of a sudden, you you just see... In like all the debris, you see the ruins of a mass relay. And I jumped up out of my seat and said, oh my god, that's a mass relay. And then you're you're panning down, it makes the reaper sound. You go down to a planet. You know, you see you see this cloaked person walking through the snow, and then they, they reach down and pull something out of the snow, and as soon as as soon as the snow got brushed off the N7, I jumped out of my fucking chair. It's just something about this series, man. That N7 just... Oh, that gets the blood pumping. And then the hood on the person's face blows back and it's Liara. And there are some signs of aging. So, Mass Effect 4 is coming. This is an Andromeda 2. This is a follow-up to Mass Effect 3. What kind of time, time jump we're looking at here... Who knows, right? You got to figure in order, if the mass relays are down, one, that means the uh, the destroy ending is probably canon. And 
Now the Mass Effect 3 ending really doesn't matter. But, um, so you would have figured they need time to salvage Reaper tech and develop it to the point where they can travel through space for long distances. There are visible signs of age on Liara, who was like, I think she was 106 in Mass Effect 1. So you figure she's, it's maybe, maybe it's been a few hundred years since Mass Effect 3. I don't know, but Mass Effect 4. Again, just a cutscene, just, or just a cinematic, right? There's no way to know how close that game is. They just announced that it existed less, you know, a month ago. So who knows how far away it is, but new Mass Effect, it got me super fucking hyped. Um, that was my favorite favorite thing of the night. God, Thursday was so fucking big. <laughs> there was you gotta figure, right? So Disney did their investor meeting. They did all their Star Wars announcements like half an hour before the game awards. Right? Then the game awards starts, and then you're like an hour into the game awards and all the Marvel stuff was going on. The Dragon Age trailer and the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier were happening at the exact same time. I had I was watching the Patriots behind me right after the Marvel thing. It it was a shit show Thursday night. There was so much going on at one time. It was out of control. But anyway, that was the Game Awards. It was a good show this year. Um, especially the lengths that <clears throat> they had to go to put that thing together. So it was a good job by then. It was a good show. A lot of fun surprises. A lot of cool looking games. Um, so... Let's do Cyberpunk real quick. We'll go through this. Then I'll take a break and do Star Wars and Marvel. Um, so obviously Cyberpunk finally came out this week. And the game's kind of a shit show. Um, if you've seen console comparisons. This game won. This game on the last gen consoles. It should have never existed. It should have never been released on those consoles. It's not. It's not ready for console release in general. Let alone those ones. I mean, the the comparison videos on those consoles is a fucking joke. It's a disgrace. You know, the frame rates are just god-awful. The game is super blurry. The game has bugs all over the place. It, It wasn't ready for a console release. And I think it's fucking pathetic that CD Projekt Red released this game in this state. It's a joke. For, for a game that was that big and that important... To release it in the state that they have released it in is a joke. Um, and that's and that overshadows the fact that the PC release is actually fine. The game on PC, it has its issues, right? The bugs are still there. But performance-wise, is fine. I haven't had any frame rate problems. Visually, the game's beautiful. So the, the PC release is fine. It was not ready to release on consoles. And who knows when the next-gen updates will be available on console. I was actually having computer problems when I got home from work Wednesday. And I I was going to break glass in case of emergency and get the game on my PS5 if I couldn't figure out what my computer issue was, which thankfully I did. Because the the game on console is a joke. Um, And it's it's kind of pathetic. Uh, Like... CD Projekt Red stock dropped 29% after the launch of this game. It's it's that big of a shit show. 
And financially, it's fine, right? It had 8 million pre-orders. There were over a million concurrent players just on Steam when the when the game launched. Uh, it made enough money in pre-sales to cover all of its developing and marketing costs. So financially, it'll be fine. Like It's not like the company is going to lose money over the game. But it's just the, the state of the game's a joke. Uh, and then there was a thing that came out last night from Jason Schreier that the executives at CD Projekt Red sent an email out to everybody who works for the company and said, hey, you know, we're we're accepting responsibility for the the state of the release. And <clears throat> everybody would be paid their their bonus based on the game's performance, regardless of the standards that it had to meet to get those bonuses. Which, you know, on the one hand you want to look at and say, okay, hey, they're looking at the game and saying, you know what, we didn't do a good enough job getting this game out in an acceptable state, so we're just going to pay everybody their bonus because that's that's our fault. We got it out right on that. On the one hand, that you want to look at that and say, okay, you know, that's sort of the noble, honorable thing, I guess. Except then you look at how the bonuses were structured. They- <laughs> This, honestly, when I read this, blew my mind. So, if you were working, if you're a developer at CD Projekt Red, you were going to get a bonus if Cyberpunk had a 90 out of 100 or higher on Metacritic. One, Metacritic is an incredibly flawed system. So, hinging a a bonus on your review score on Metacritic is not a particularly reliable way to handle something like that. So that's that's one. But two, hinging the bonus on a review score is so... That's so shitty. And look, again, I've said it on this podcast before, and I'll say it a million times going into the future. I am not fighting the crunch fight. I'm not doing it. I'm not a part of a developer. I'm not a part of the industry like that. I And I'm going to buy the games on day one. So I am not going to sit here and pick that fight because I don't know the details. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a part of it. So don't drag me into it. I'm not doing that fight. But when you... I just want to say when you hinge your bonus on a review score. You might not be saying it, but you're kind of saying, hey, you should be working way hard. Because, so here's the thing, right? If you did a good job, they were handing you out like a little token. And if you got the token, it you like your bonus would scale or something. So the better job you were doing, the higher bonus you were going to get is sort of how it's presented in here. So what the hell are we doing here? What are we giving out fucking gold stars for performance? So, oh, hey, you know, John over there put in 80 hours this week and, you know, did a bunch of quest lines. I'm going to give him a little, I'm going to give him a little gold star. He did a good job this week. Like you're, that's such a shitty 
ridiculous system? Like, wh- what is this, first grade? You, you, what? Oh, you answered five questions in class today. I'm giving you a gold star. Get the fuck out of here with a system like that. Ser- seriously, what are we doing here? That's pathetic. It's just dumb. And you're just... You're sort of tricking... I, I don't even know you're... You're telling people to work those asinine hours without actually saying it, right? And it's just sort of like you're incentivizing someone to work that much. And I don't know, I just, that whole system is just dumb. It's a joke. Like, that's, that's what you do to keep class in line in elementary school. Give me a fucking break. Gold stars, whatever. Um, anyway, as for the actual game, Um, so if you had asked me yesterday, Friday, I would have said the game got, I told people the game was a giant. Okay. Right. One, if you're getting the game on console, wait, do not get it on console yet. It's not ready. If you're getting it on PC, it's buggy and there are a lot of little issues, but it's, it's fine. Um, I, I thought this game was going to be more like Grand Theft Auto E, and it's way more Fallout. It plays very much like Fallout. I did not see that coming. Uh, so that caught me off guard. The gunplay sucks. Um, the, the map sucks. It, there's just, honestly, I would describe the game as way too much. You can use the phrase way too much to describe pretty much everything in this game, right? There's too many skill points. There's too many side quests. There's too much busy work. Um, you know, the, there's too much loot. There's The inventory is just too much. The crafting is too much. Everything is too much. And, and it's like even the character customizer, right? Do I really need to customize the size of my character's dick? Like... What are we doing here? Like, and and this is a bigger point that I have that maybe I'll get into later because I'll be starting Immortals Phoenix Rising soon and I want to see how that is. Can we, and I'm going to write an article about it. I meant to write it yesterday. I might write it tonight or tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. But can we stop making games so fucking big? They don't all have to be big, right? You, Oh, it's just, it's so annoying because these games just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, that doesn't do anything because your game's full of bugs. There are issues. There's shallow content. There's garbage content. Can you shrink the games a little bit? Give me less, but at a higher, at a higher quality. Like, stop making your games so fucking big. They don't need to be that big. It's so annoying. And it, oh, it just drives me fucking insane. Because this game is just, like, I want to enjoy this game. The city is super pretty. It's The city's cool. The environment's cool. The characters are pretty good. The story is interesting. Like, I'm enjoying it. But it's just too much. It's way too much. And that, it aggravates me. Because, honest, frankly, it's insulting and it doesn't respect your time. Like, I'm I'm not sitting here giving you 80 hours in every game I play. That's not going to happen. And I don't know where my playthrough is going to come in in this game. I know people have talked about 20 hours. I think I'm at like 17 right now. And I'm still in Act 2. 
I bet you my playthrough comes in under 30 hours, which is fine, but it's just like the, the whole world is just so fucking big. And when you do come into, um, you know, a combat situation, the gunplay is just trash. And it's gotten better as I've I've started to really lean into the tech weapons and it's gotten a lot better. But it's just, it's so bad. And the the checkpoint system sucks and it's just, it's a mess. So, I'm disappointed with the game. It's not bad. But I'm not, I'm not like blown away by it. And that's just sort of where I'm at with it right now. Um... I'll probably finish it this week and then we'll talk about it more next week. But I have a lot of Star Wars and Marvel stuff I want to get to, so we're going to take a break right now. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about Cyberpunk right now. Those are just sort of my general impressions. Uh, If you can tell, the size of the game makes me mad. (laughs) All right, um, let's take a break. I'll be back and then we'll talk about all the shit Disney dumped out Thursday night. All right, welcome back. Part two, uh, that first part was half an hour long. There's so much to get to this week. Uh, Disney did their investor meeting on Thursday. And there was a shit ton of Disney news that came out. Mostly about, you know, Disney Plus and Disney Plus has been a huge success. And all this stuff pretty much is Disney Plus that I'm about to go over. Uh, So Star Wars, they announced the Ahsoka show. Which is not surprising. Um, Everyone already knew it was coming. It was heavily rumored that it was coming. Um, It's going to be set within the Mandalorian timeline. Or, yeah, timeline. Sure, let's go with that. Same, Same rough period of time. I'm starting to wonder if the scene at the end of Rebels took place after the Mandalorian. And I'm wondering if the live action Ahsoka series is going to lead into the animated Rebels sequel. We'll we'll see how that plays out, but I I am starting to wonder that. Um, I don't know, because then... Would we get live-action Thrawn? I I don't know. There's there's a lot going on, right? I think it would be more interesting if the live-action series was after... Um, the Rebels sequel, but I also think the idea of a more mystical force-based show with Ahsoka, which the image, so the title card for Ahsoka, um, in the background is clearly the world between worlds, and I I wonder if they're they're really gonna lean into like the mystical stuff and how she ends up looking like Gandalf at the end of Rebels. So we'll see. So the Ahsoka show is coming. Um, The biggest surprise news, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, they officially announced that Hayden Christensen is going to be back as Darth Vader in the Kenobi series. And Kathleen Kennedy specifically mentions that it's the rematch of the century. So Obi-Wan is going to be dueling Anakin again. Which is going to be Hayden in the suit. This was, this was my biggest request in the Obi-Wan series was that Hayden Christensen was going to be back. And I'm, I am fucking ecstatic 
This is another one of those things I jumped out of my seat when it got said. Because Hayden Hayden Christensen deserves to be seen again as Anakin. Um, so again, so real quick, this is 10 years after episode 3. The big thing here, and this is going to be the heavily, heavily debated thing. Can Obi-Wan meet up with Darth Vader before episode 4? And my answer is yes. And there are a couple things. Right, so in episode four, when Darth Vader and Obi Wan are dueling, Darth Vader says at one point, "You should have never come back." Which you can stretch to say, "Hey, that's because Obi Wan met up with Darth Vader at some point. They they clashed, and then Obi Wan got away, and now he's coming back." And in Return of the Jedi, when he's talking, when Vader's talking to Luke on the forest moon of Endor, you know, he says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, right? That Obi-Wan once believed that Anakin was still there and that he could come back to the light. We, there is no point in episode four or three where Obi-Wan has shown a belief that Anakin could come back. So I I think a big part of this series is going to be you know, Obi-Wan coming to terms with his failure as a Jedi and as a master and him getting dual Vader again would do that. Um, there's always the possibility that this is just like a force duel that he see that Obi-Wan sees some sort of vision where he duels Vader, but either way, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader with modern technology and not two old guys waving sticks at each other. Sign me up. I need it. Give it to me. That's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, And then, I guess we'll just roll this. They showed a sizzle reel, the first trailer for the Bad Batch. Which, I think... So, here, let's just... Fuck it. The Bad Batch. They released a trailer... Basically going to be just a follow-up to the Clone Wars. Um, It's cool because we're now going to get sort of the fallout from Order 66 from the perspective of the clones. We got a little bit in the Clone Wars finale, but now, you know, we got the Bad Batch. They're going to see, you know, the more, the clone side of Order 66 and the Rise of the Empire, which should be cool. But one of the, there was a squad in there, in that, that trailer... It was clone war or clone troopers in black armor, and there was there was one clone trooper who stood out in the front, obviously as the leader. A lot of people are speculating that that's Cody, and I think that's now been that's now been rumored by someone. Like someone's actually put out there that hey, that is Cody, and the rumor is that Cody will be in the Obi Wan series. So the two villains in Obi Wan will be Darth Vader and Cody, which I think would be fantastic. Um. Plus, just tacking it on there, we now have Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen, Ahsoka, and Tamora Morrison all doing stuff in live action. Hey, it would be really fucking cool to get a live action Clone Wars flashback, and I can watch Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka running around with Captain Rex doing something cool. That would be awesome. So, I want that. That's sort of what I want out of the Obi-Wan series. Just those little things. 
Uh, they showed some behind-the-scenes stuff for Cassie and Andor, which started filming. They announced a Lando series, and they sh- they talked about a a anime-type series coming out. Uh, what else was here? Uh, there's a show called Star Wars Acolyte coming out. It's going to be set at the end of the High Republic era. It's going to be focused on like the Sith and Dark Side users and what was going on there. That sounds really interesting. There was another one that was, uh, what was it? Fuck. I can't even remember. Something of the New Republic. Let's see if I can find it. What the hell was it called? I can't even remember. That's how forgettable it was. Of the New Republic. If I just Google it. Rangers of the New Republic. I don't Whatever. We'll see. Uh, and then they announced one Star Wars movie coming out in 2023. It's being directed by Patty Jenkins, who does the Wonder Woman movies. Uh, it's Rogue Squadron. It's going to take place after Episode Nine. It'll be super cool. Um, Patty Jenkins uploaded like a little, little announcement video where she talked about how I believe her her father flew in the military. I can't remember if it was a father or grand. I think it was a father. I'm. I'm sorry. I I didn't see it. A second time, so I don't remember. I want to say it was her father. Flew in the military and died, and one of her dreams has always been to make a really good flying movie. In honor of him and. Getting to combine that with Star Wars. Patty Jenkins is very good. Uh, Rogue Squadron, obviously, is super cool. Like, We'll see. That's an exciting concept for a movie. Uh, that was most of the Star Wars stuff. Good stuff. A lot going on there. Uh, Marvel. There was a fuck ton of Marvel news this week. Um, so, before we touch on the obvious stuff from earlier in the week... Kevin Feige confirmed that the multiverse would be part of Spider-Man 3. I He talked a little bit about who was going to be in um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and said that mul- the multiverse would be a part of WandaVision and Spider-Man. And obviously earlier this week, it got reported that um, Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus would be returning for Spider-Man 3. Which... At that point, was definitive that the multiverse was coming. And then it took, I don't know, a couple hours before someone finally put it out there that, oh no, they were all coming back. So Andrew Andrew Garfield's coming back. Tobey Maguire's coming back. Kirsten Dunst is coming back. <clears throat> Emma Stone might be coming back as Gwen Stacy. I know someone said Emma Stone might be coming back as Spider-Gwen. We'll see about that one. Um, But that's it. Here comes the multiverse. Spider-Man 3 is the multiverse. Which, hey, is super cool. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, you know, it's really exciting. There's a lot of different stuff they could do for these movies. Or for this movie. I just... I I wish this was a much smaller scale Spider-Man movie. Dealing with the fallout of... Peter's identity being exposed. 
But that's not what it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be really cool. It's going to be great. I'm I'm pumped to see all the Spider-Men on 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 the screen at the same time working together. I think that's going to be fucking incredible. You know, so you're looking at what now? I mean, clearly the Sinister Six is going to be in here. Some sort of multiverse Sinister Six. <clears throat> You'll have Jamie Foxx's Electro. Which makes me wonder, like, is that is that going to be a redo of Electro? Like, so here's the thing, right? Alfred Molina Doc Ock died in Spider-Man 2, right? Jamie Foxx's Electro died in The Amazing Spider-Man Part 2. Emma Stone died in The Amazing Spider-Man Part 2. Part 2, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, so, like, a lot of these characters are dead. But, like, Alfred Molina could be the Doc Ock in the MCU as well. This could be the MCU's version of Doc Ock. You know, this could be the MC. This could be, you know, uh, the Andrew Garfield version of Doc Ock. This could be the the Tobey Maguire version of Electro, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they're from those movies. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out. There's going to be a lot going on here. I'm, I'm excited to learn more because it's, it's going to be super cool. Um, I'll hit this one. Kevin Feige also confirmed or officially announced that they are not going to recast the Black Panther, which again, I get, I, it's a tough one to recast. I think it sucks because T'Challa had so much more story to tell. Um, and like I've said before, that's a super important character culturally. And I think it, it sucks that he won't be there. So they'll write T'Challa out of the movies. Someone else will take over as the Black Panther. I think the idea, if you're bringing in the multiverse, I don't know, would it be kind of cool to bring in Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger as like a not evil person from another uh, universe to play the Black Panther? Like maybe maybe in another universe, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger becomes the Black Panther while T'Challa was Killmonger and they just flipped roles like they could they could do something goofy like that that I think would be cool because Michael B. Jordan's great but I also don't know that I would want that I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes uh it's again it's just sad um sad thing that happened to that character huh they released trailers for WandaVision and Loki both of which look super goofy and weird which I don't know we'll we'll see how those play out. I don't know how I'm going to feel about either series, but WandaVision I believe starts in like a week or two. Actually no, it starts in January now. Um so like a month. We'll see. It certainly looks like we're just going to get Marvel and Star Wars Disney Plus series back to back to back to back to back. So, it's going to get wild. Um Finally released a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier which looks super cool. <clears throat> I'm I'm a big fan of this direction going to TV series that have probably shorter episodes but higher production value. The production value on Falcon and the Winter Soldier looks insane. And I'm I'm super looking forward to watching that series. I think it's going to be really good. Uh Kevin Feige officially announced Captain Marvel 2 is coming and that Miss Marvel will be a part of that movie. 
which WandaVision will probably be the first overlap. I'm not sure. Miss Marvel in Captain Marvel 2 could potentially be the first Disney Plus movie overlap. Oh, and actually speaking of which, there was another rumor going around later last week that... um, Oh, who the hell plays him? Hold on. I know this. Uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil would also be in Spider-Man 3. That was a... That was a rumor. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, that would that would be an overlap with the old Netflix series, which aren't really MCU canon, but kind of are. I don't know. Um, Feige also announced there would be a Secret Invasion series on Disney Plus with Nick Fury and um, is it Talos, the Scroll, who's played by Ben Mendelsohn? I think it's Talos. Uh, Ironheart, who is obviously a, uh, she's a young teenager who is effectively Iron Man. And then Armor Wars would be another series on Disney+. Plus. I don't know anything about Armor Wars. Uh, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming out that's going to be filmed while they do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, the next Ant-Man movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania. Uh, Christian Bale was confirmed as the villain in Thor Love and Thunder. And John Watts, who directs the MCU Spider-Man movies, is going to be directing the MCU Fantastic Four movie. And we got our first look at the the logo for that movie. Marvel's finally going to get to do the Fantastic Four on their own. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I can't wait for Doctor Doom to be in the MCU. It's going to be fucking incredible. Um... So that's all the Spider-Man and Mar- or the Star Wars and Marvel stuff, I think. We went through that really fast. Um, and then the only other thing I want to touch on real quick, and this is just like a little sports, my little sports dork, I need to get a little venting out. Uh, last Sunday, seeing the end of the Jets game. So the Jets and Raiders played. The Jets obviously are tanking. They're trying to get the number one overall pick. They want to draft Charlie Lawrence. They were beating the Raiders. It was like 15 seconds left. They were up by four. The only thing you can't do in that situation is give up a touchdown. It was like... Like the Raiders had to go pretty much the entire field. They hit one big play. And then the Jets go cover zero and send an all-out blitz with no safeties over the top. The Raiders hit the deep ball, touchdown, game over, Raiders win, Jets lose. I know the Jets fired Greg Williams, and everyone wants to say, nope, this is Greg Williams, that's what he does. They lost that game on purpose, and you can't convince me otherwise. When the Patriots played the Jets, and the Jets were winning, the Patriots were lining up for a field goal down 10 in the fourth quarter, And the Jets sent a 12th guy out on the field to give the Patriots a free first down. Patriots didn't score a touchdown. They they ended up getting a field goal anyway. The Jets get the ball back. And on the very first play, Adam Gase overruled whoever's calling the plays in New York and told uh, Cutler, Jesus, might as well have been, Joe Flacco to just just heave the ball down the middle of the field. A play that had no chance of being completed. The only possible outcome was a pick. They threw that game. 
Those two play calls were made intentionally to lose. And that play call last week was made intentionally to lose. That is a team that is intentionally losing football games. Now look, tanking and intentionally losing are two different things. Tanking is, you know, you're ripping your roster apart. You're taking away your good players so that your team's not good enough to win. Right? That's one thing. You're ripping your team apart and going to the bottom of the league. And you're making it so that they're not good enough to win. Going out there and intentionally making decisions to to give away the game and lose is a fucking disgrace. That is a joke. And it's pathetic. And that, that, that is a loser franchise that doesn't deserve shit. To give you an idea of how bad of a call that was. There were 252 plays that met the criteria, this criteria in the last 15 years. The final 15 seconds of the game. Down 4 to 8 points. And 40 plus yards to the end zone. That was the first time that a defense in that situation in the last 15 years sent six or more pass rushers. That is a fucking joke. And and this goes to my thing. One, I don't think tanking works. You can sell your soul. Now, you want to tell me that once in a blue moon, once in a generation, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway is at the top of the draft... And you want a tank to try to get him? Fine. You're picking your spot. There's a generational quarterback there. You're trying to get him. I get it. But every year, just, oh, no, we're going to suck. We're not going to win the championship. So let's just let's just tank and go to the bottom of the league and get the best pick. No, that, that doesn't work. Because you, you're then, you just have a, a culture of losing. You have no program. Like You can build from the middle in the NFL. And this gets to my whole view on where the Patriots are at right now. But you can win games and be competitive and give me an entertaining football season with something to watch and still build a good team. Everybody else does it. And more often than not, the starting quarterbacks in the NFL don't come from being at the top of the draft. The best quarterbacks. They come from the teams who wisely draft and develop the right guys. Right, Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in the league right now. He's he was taken, what was he taken at like ten or eleven? The Chiefs traded up to get him. He wasn't a he wasn't a, a number one overall pick. Uh you know Russell Wilson. What the hell round was Russell Wilson taking? It was Russell Wilson a a third round pick, right? Like you. And look, not that you're gonna go out and draft some no name guy in the the fifth round. And he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. But I, you you can find guys that are good at the quarterback position and develop them properly without having to go to the bottom. And you know what happens when you go all the way to the bottom and then you, you put your number one overall pick on a guy like that? Your whole franchise hinges on him. So if he's the wrong guy or he's not good enough or he's a bust... You're, that's it. Your whole organization is gone because you put all of your eggs in that one basket. How did it work out for the Colts? Now look, the Colts did a shitty job building around Andrew Luck. But you you put all your eggs in that one basket and it didn't get you anything. 
You need you need a program. You need it's not enough to just get the quarterback. You need the quarterback to be surrounded by good players and good coaching to be a successful program and a successful operation and win. And so I I just I'll tell you that this isn't going to work for the Jets. They're going to get the number one overall pick. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and either Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be good enough, or you know the actual best quarterback in the draft is going to be someone taken right after him, or he's going to you know blow a knee out in training camp and never be the same, or what? It, it's not something's going to happen. It's not going to work because this one they're the Jets and they deserve it for being this fucking disgraceful of an operation, and. I don't know, karma. It's not going to work. Not going to work. They'll find a way to get that thing screwed up. It's just, it's not going to work. And and I hope it doesn't work because what they're doing right now is shameful and it's pathetic. And it's a disgrace to the to the sport and competitive sports in general. But that's my tangent on that. Um, so game's coming out this week. What are we looking at? The 13th through the 19th? <clears throat> uh, basically nothing. There's like nothing coming out for the rest of the year. Uh collection of saga final fantasy legend mxgp 2020 demo reborn mishitsu no sacrifice neptunia reverse i don't know there's like nothing coming out for the rest of the year that's gonna be it almost an hour long podcast a lot of stuff to get to this week we went through it really quick but i think we got through all of it um keep an eye out obviously articles still coming out Still still doing streams. I tried to stream Cyberpunk this morning and it wasn't wasn't going right. So I don't know if I'll be able to get a Cyberpunk stream in or not. Um we'll see. So keep an eye out. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram at Sixture. You can find me there or everywhere. Um Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Always appreciate the company. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy whatever it is you're up to, Cyberpunk if you're playing it or whatever. And uh, I'll catch you next week where, I don't know, something tells me, there's something tells me this is going to be a real quiet week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mandalorian finale is next week too, by the way. So we'll talk about that. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Have a wonderful week. I'll catch you next time. Peace.